Ladies and gentlemen, the following contest is scheduled for your listening pleasure. going on everybody welcome to the turnbuckle topics podcast i'm your host pat Deneen, and this is my review of nxt spring break-in now this was a nxt show this past tuesday that took place at its regular apm time slot but this was a theme show a premium live event type of deal uh type of vibe here we had a seven match card pretty good show i gotta say did pretty well too with the predictions but we'll get to that um this took place in the wwe performance center in orlando florida we're gonna jump right into it it was an exciting show the first match was a trunk match uh, that went a little over, it was about 12 and a half minutes. This was the family's Tony D'Angelo and Channing Stax Lorenzo going up against Pretty Deadly's Elton Prince and Kit Wilson. Again, this was a very fun match. Uh, the people I anticipated winning did get the job done. I mean, come on, it's a trunk match. It's mafioso vibes. And, of course, the family's got to get the victory. So that it was. Tony D'Angelo and uh, Channing Stax Lorenzo threw them in the trunk. Even though it was a very close call, it looked like they were going to get Stax. But uh, luckily, uh, D'Angelo got, uh, came to his aid just in time. They drove off. And, and that was that. There's a couple other sequences, at least two other segments we see in the show actually ending. Uh, I believe they ended this show with uh, what had happened to Pretty Deadly. And another reason why I do believe that they will be drafted to the main roster uh, in the coming day or so to a Raw or a SmackDown. I think it would definitely help the tag division. And I think they pretty much did all they could in NXT. You know, they were tag team champions not too long ago there, obviously coming from uh, NXT UK as well, uh, you know, prior to the uh, the the. A lot. We got a lot of NXT UK talent in NXT now because it's no longer. We're going to get NXT Europe, I believe, later this year. So we'll see what happens with that. But anyway, uh, fun match, good match, served its purpose. And next up, we had uh, what I believed was going to be a squash match, and that's exactly what it was. When Braun Breaker, a heel Braun Breaker at that, going up against Andre Chase, the leader of Chase University, this match went just over two minutes, and Braun Breaker got the victory here, winning with the Steiner recliner submission hold. And so that was that. Not much, not much more to be said about that. Feeling good. Starting off 2-0 here. And we're on the right foot. And Dominic Dijakovic, better known as Dijak now, formerly T-Bar and Retribution on the main roster. God, let's not bring up those uh, memories. He probably has PTSD from those days. He's been telling Elon Musk, let me change my Twitter handle. I don't think he's ever been able to. He's, he's not happy about it. I believe it's T-Bar Retribution. Hopefully he can get that changed. But anyway, uh, Dijak is so pissed about this Twitter handle. Well, maybe that's part of it. But anyway... He attacked Ilya Dragunov backstage, pulled down and slammed the metal gate right onto his ribcage. This looked actually brutal, legit. Not, not even from a kayfabe standpoint, it looked rough the way he pulled them, uh, pulled that metal uh, gate down onto him. So anyway, um, we'll see what happens. This could be a very fun feud, very fun matchup between the two. It depends, though. Is uh, I don't think Dijak's going back to the main roster. He's going to spend a lot of time in NXT, which is, is better suited for him. For the time being, you know, he had success as Dominic Dijakovic a few years back in NXT. And, you know, hopefully he'll find more success there yet again, maybe even some gold, a North American championship, uh, maybe one day and all that. But anyway, we'll see if Ilya Dragunov gets drafted in the coming day or two to Raw or SmackDown, which I could easily see happen. But if not, uh, I'm okay with Dragunov spending a little more time in NXT. There is a lot of other men uh, from the NXT roster currently that can be brought up, which I wouldn't mind seeing Dragunov. You don't have to take everybody at once. And have a little feud here, and and hell, maybe one day see Dragonoff as a, again future North American or even NXT champion. 
Um, so we'll see. We'll see. Of course, he was a former NXT UK champion, being the guy who took it off Walter a couple of years ago, or now Gunther, right? So match number three, we had the first women's match of the night taking place, where we had Braun Breaker's significant other, his girlfriend, Cora Jade, uh, going up against Lyra Valkyria. I probably butchered that name. I'm working on it. Uh, this match went over eight minutes. Uh, it was a pretty good match. We'll get to the details in just a moment. But what I thought was really cool was earlier in the day Tuesday, Cora Jade put out this tweet. Again, as I mentioned it in the Raw review, if you want to check that out, if you haven't already, Cora Jade worked a dark match with Nikki Cross, where she took a loss with a crossbody, but nonetheless. Uh, Cora Jade wrote, Last night I wrestled in the Allstate Arena. I started going to WWE shows there when I was eight and went to my last one in 2018 when I started wrestling five years later. Tune in to main event this week. Now, tonight I take out a big, scary bird lady. Of course, his opponent, Lyra Valkyria, whatever her name may be, comes out in this whole wing uh, ensemble. That's what she's referring to. So, yes, this is a um, a big deal for Cora Jade, obviously, getting that opportunity in a major arena. Of course, being in the Performance Center week in, week out is great for starters, um, but it's not, it's nothing of the magnitude of A, an uh, arena she has history in going to WWE events specifically, and B, you know, the, the NXT audience or the people in attendance there, it's it's all well and nice, very similar similar to an indie show feel, uh, nothing like being on a Raw or SmackDown and stuff like that. So good for her, shout out to her. But again, uh, Cora Jade uh, in this match, it went just over eight minutes. Uh, she got a chop block leading to the DDT to score the pinfall. So this was my first loss, personally. Um, my only loss, actually, of the night. Should have went with Cora Jade. Was assuming, I don't know, maybe she would put her opponent over. Cora Jade potentially going to the main roster. I think she'll get drafted. I don't think she should get drafted. I'd rather see a Roxanne Perez and many others uh, make their way up there. And it's nothing against Cora Jade. I think she would. Uh, it would it would benefit her to, to stay in NXT a little bit longer, at least a year or so. Uh, get some more time in, some more matches there, maybe win the NXT Women's Championship at some point. That would be great. Uh, of course, a former tag team champion already, that brief run she had with Roxanne before she turned on her in, in July, actually on my birthday, on July 12th, uh, when she has been a, when she turned uh, heel and been a heel ever since. So we'll see. We'll see. But uh, all the best to Cora Jade, regardless where she ends up. It takes us to match number four. This is around the 9 o'clock hour. Of course, like I said, a seven-match card this was. I was very surprised to see the uh, men's uh, championship match at this 9 o'clock hour, the NXT championship taking place here uh, between, of course, the new champion who won at uh, NXT Stand and Deliver from Braun Breaker, uh, Carmelo Hayes, uh, going up against Grayson Waller. Now, Carmelo Hayes was out there with Trick Williams as he always has his, uh, his best friend by his side or his associate. This match went just over 12 minutes. This was a, a fun match. It, it really was. Um but he hit uh, Waller with nothing but net for the pin and the win. So uh, post-match, he calls out Braun Breaker for a rematch at NXT Battleground next month, uh, taking place on uh, Sunday, I believe, May 28th, the very same day as AEW, Double or Nothing, the very same night, so that's interesting. And he goes uh, in Massachusetts, where I'm from, my hometown. Um, so, of course, Melo being from there, uh, he's, hopefully he'll defend home court. But anyway, Breaker's music hits. Braun comes from the other side of the ring, spears Trick Williams nearly out of his shoes, uh, then puts Mello through the entranceway wall, which looked brutal, awesome, but brutal, and where he was later brought to the local medical facility, as per Vince McMahon uh, verbiage. Uh, and, you know, it's never a hospital. It's always medical facility. And so that was that. 
So next up here, match number five, we had a mixed tag team uh, matchup here. This uh, has been brewing for quite some time. Of course, uh, Briggs and Jensen being the tag team of Josh Briggs and Brooks, Jen- uh, Brooks Jensen uh, were at odds, and it's because of a girl. It's because of Kiana James, who uh, Brooks Jensen, who has been madly in love with her for weeks and months now, and Kiana James could care less about him, which we find out at the end of this match. Well, he we knew he, he finds out at the end of this match. Anyway, this match uh, between Briggs and, and Fallon Henley going up against Jensen and Kiana James uh, Fallon Henley and Kiana James were the uh, former uh, NXT Tag Team Champions. Of course, they lost at Stand, at Stand and Deliver, I believe, as well, uh, to Isla Dawn and Alba Fire. So anyway, this match was just under 12 minutes. Uh, Briggs and Fallon Henley did get the victory here. And after the match, Kiana James tells Brooks Jensen, I never loved you. Uh, after their loss, that absolutely crushed him. Uh, Josh Briggs was there for his buddy. Brooks Jensen came in, gave him a hug, and... Um, that's it for that love story. I'm assuming Briggs and Jensen, or <clears throat> excuse me, I assume Briggs and Jensen uh, will remain as a tag team until further notice. And it doesn't look like, um, you know, Jensen will be turning heel now uh, because the, the heel Kiana James left him. So we're going to go to match number six. Uh, match number six actually uh, drew my curiosity because I said, you know, when I saw it on Wikipedia, it said Oba Femi, who I never heard of before, going up an opponent to be announced. And I said, what's that about? So, of course, by default, you know, there's not even an opponent mentioned at this very time. I said, it's got to be Oba Femi. You know, they're going to debut this this new talent on the roster. Um, he's got to get the W. So that goes without saying. So we come to find out that Oro Mensa is his opponent uh, at spring break. And now I've heard of Oro Mensa. I've seen him. I think he's great. I really do. I think he signed to NXT about a year ago or so. I haven't seen a whole heck of a lot of him since his debut. I don't know if they're featuring him on the Level Up show that they tend to tape uh, before or after uh, NXT Tuesdays, and and they show uh, Level Up on Peacock or WWE Network, much like Main Event that's taped before Monday Night Raw. They show it on Peacock. So hopefully he's getting some shine over there. I don't know, but he hasn't really been involved in anything, storylines, etc. Love to see more of him. Anyway, we get Oba versus Oro uh, in this matchup here, and man... The man uh, in this preview, this Obafemi, he was throwing what looked to be couches and kegs throughout a field uh, before he even came out for this matchup. So do you really think they're going to have a guy throwing kegs and couches lose? Uh, That was confirmation right there that I made the right decision in picking him without even knowing who his opponent was going to be initially. So anyway, he's 6'6", 310 pounds, big deal. Huge deal. Booker T at this point, I was wondering if he was hitting the bottle at the commentary table uh, because this was announced a couple times, his height and his weight. There was even a graphic that showed it. And I don't know what Booker was reading from. Now, look, I know sometimes they they add a little bit more of mystique to these characters and, and personas, you know, whether they're giving them a couple more inches in height or a couple more pounds. But anyway, Booker T uh, called him Obafema, not Obafemi, Obafema. Uh, so we're calling FEMA, and then he calls the 6'6", Oba Femi, 6'4", then 6'1", then the 310 pounds, which had been announced and already shown on a graphic. And then he started calling him uh, 275 pounds, and Vic Joseph at the commentary table with him had to continue to correct him. So s- someone give Booker T a breathalyzer. I don't know what the hell's going on. Over there at the NXT commentary table. But uh, anyway, 
the way this match ended uh, was a brutal powerbomb uh, for his debut victory, uh, Obafemi. So I, I'll be honest with you guys, uh, regardless who his, opponent, who, who his opponents are going forward, I like uh, what this guy has to offer. Usually I'm not a big fan of, you know, the, these random big men, uh, squash matches. You know, I've never been crazy about Omos. I'm not crazy about Von Wagner, which apparently WWE has a lot of stock in him and wants to make him a, a household name on the main roster sooner than later. Wouldn't be surprised to see Von Wagner in this draft going up to Raw or SmackDown as well, who NXT has been pushing for the last year and a half, probably since the start of NXT 2.0. Um, but man, in just one night, I love what Obafemi has uh, shown and, and has to offer. So anyway, this match went a little longer than I thought it would. Uh, it went longer than that, that Braun Breaker-Andre Chase match, which was just over two and a, with just over two minutes that match. This match was actually three and a half minutes and so this led us to the main event. This was a triple threat match for the NXT Women's Championship. And boy, was it interesting, to say the least, for a lot of reasons. Now, this match wasn't, was not great. Let me just start off by saying that this women's match was not great, unfortunately, even though Roxanne Perez was in it. Uh, Tiffany Stratton was in it. She's getting better. She's improving. Again, somebody who should not be even considered in the draft. She would even admit she needs more time in NXT. Should not be going to Raw or SmackDown. And then, of course... Uh, the newly crowned NXT Women's Champion, Indy Hartwell, who won at Stand and Deliver uh, in that ladder match with a little help from her uh, love interest, uh, Dexter Loomis, getting her up that ladder. But anyway, I want to get to a a uh, recent interview Tiffany Stratton had earlier in the week. Uh, she went and said, I lack uh, with my selling and my psychology. I would like to stay in NXT a little longer. I feel like I have a lot to prove, which, look, I don't think anybody's going to dispute that. I, I, I agree completely. As a matter of fact, speaking on Busted Open Radio, Tiffany Stratton was asked where she thought she needed to improve in the world of wrestling. And she goes on to say, I think I have every single component that it takes to become a superstar. I think I lack in the ring. Um, in the ring, I think I lack with my selling psychology. That's where I need to improve. And quickly, um, definitely uh, in the ring where I need to improve with the selling psychology, those are my number one factors. So she reiterated that throughout, uh, you know, answering that question. I thought I was reading the same line twice, but this is actually what she said. So she's really trying to hammer home. Look, I need more time in NXT, bottom line. So hopefully they don't make the wrong decision. There's plenty other women that are ready to be brought up to, to Raw and SmackDown in the past due. And Tiffany, you know, um, she needs at least, at least the next calendar year to get going. You know, if it leads to an NXT, NXT Women's Championship, great. If not, it's okay. I'm sure she'll be in some primetime feuds, notable women, notable superstars, and that's that. So so we'll see. But anyway, let's get to this match here. This main event, the chemistry was off. Um, a lot of botched spots. And again, uh, I like Indy Hartwell. I really do. I'm happy for her. She's made a ton of progress over the past few years without question. Deserves to be champion. I won't take that away from her at all. But Indy's all right. Tiffany Stratton is all right, and Roxanne Perez, she's very good. And again, out of the three, without question, I would love to see on the main roster going forward after this draft. So there was a spot in this match where Tiffany Stratton dove onto Indy Hartwell and Roxanne Perez on the outside. It was a basically a moonsault where she landed on both of them, where Indy's right ankle and foot bent back very badly. Uh, it was clear as day. A lot of people at the time thought, oh, it was part of the script. This is how it's supposed to go. And and we'll get to the finish of that match in just a minute. 
but all three of these women's weight essentially landed on uh, Indy's ankle. It was it was ugly. If you if you haven't watched it by now, please go back and watch the replay. It's everywhere. It's on social media. It's on it's everywhere. You WWE, NXT's YouTube, and so on. So anyway, Tiffany landed on her uh, on Indy's ankle. Then Indy's own weight kind of collapsed onto her ankle, and then Roxanne leaned in just from the impact of Tiffany's uh, moonsault onto them. So it was bad. Talk about insult to injury. All three of them in some capacity landing on it. There was immediately medical attention um, brought to her, to Indy on the outside, while the better part of five to what seemed five, seven minutes, it fell forever uh, because they had to call an audible for the time being. Uh, Tiffany and Roxanne were just in the ring, the center of the ring, mixing it up for a while while they were trying to figure out, hey, what's the finish going to be? I mean, I had read that there was plans that if Indy did not come back, that they were were in fact going to put the title on Tiffany Stratton which is very interesting, which leads me to believe that Tiffany was not going to be called up necessarily. And that Roxanne probably was, which because the smarter decision, if they had to put it on one of them from a talent standpoint would to be to put it back on Roxanne Perez, who never technically lost it in the first place until, you know, the latter match, of course she lost, but she almost had to relinquish it due to her, you know, situation going on a month and a half ago where she collapsed in the midst of the ring after her uh, victory over Setamora. So anyway, uh, Indy, you know, again, she hobbled out um, towards the end of this match, got the job done, pinning Roxanne, was visibly hurt, and it, this was this was a very heroic moment for Indy Hartwell, especially, you know, I, I knew the whole time that this was nothing that was scripted. It, it just didn't make sense, especially just simply looking at the face of Indy Hartwell, the way she was grimacing when it happened her body language. And then even when she came out, she was like, I am not going to uh, accept defeat in any way, shape or form. So man, just got a, uh, you know, hats off to her. Uh, Johnny Gargano wrote all heart at Indy Hartwell uh, on Twitter, immediately following that Dijak who was backstage wrote, if anyone was wondering, I happened to be sitting next to Indy Hartwell in medical while they were evaluating this gruesome injury mid match. And she was no selling the shit out of it. Like an absolute badass." Obviously, not wanting anybody back there to know how badly she was hurt, how she was feeling at that very moment in time, and certainly more than anything, not wanting to have to relinquish this title just after being champion for the better part of three weeks, uh, especially after she she was obviously set to retain in this match, and they almost had to call an audible for a brand new champion due to that injury. So, honestly, kudos to her. Hats off to uh, to all three of the women for getting through that match. Again, it wasn't a great match even prior to the injury of Indy Hartwell, but uh, nonetheless, man, that was, that was big. That was big. So shout out to her. And that was pretty much it. That was, uh, that was NXT spring breaking pretty good uh, themed show. I thought it was fun. And so we'll, uh, we'll see what happens this, this coming Tuesday, Uh, a lot of changes in NXT, especially knowing that, uh, Several men and women are going to be drafted to both Raw and SmackDown. We'll see where the chips where the chips fall and who's left. Will there be uh, any new debuts on NXT? Will there be not only people from NXT going to Raw or SmackDown, but will there be any people from Raw and SmackDown going to NXT? You know, a couple of years ago, we saw Finn Balor show up in NXT. Uh, Ember Moon, you know, we saw uh, most recently last year, we saw Apollo Crews. Of course, we saw a couple one-offs here and there, AJ Styles against a Grayson Waller, 
and uh, a Dolph Ziggler against a Braun Breaker and, you know, some appearances like that every now and again. And Natalia shows up against a Cora Jade. We see that kind of stuff ha- stuff happen from time to time. But uh, I'm wondering if anybody from Raw or SmackDown, in all sincerity, is going to be uh, sent to NXT. So we'll see what happens there. But that was pretty much, uh, well, that is the review of NXT Spring Break-In. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in yet again to another episode of the Turnbuckle Topics Podcast. I'm your host, Pat Deneen, and I'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. Got a question for Pat? Send him an email at turnbuckletopics at gmail.com. That's turnbuckle, T-O-P-I-X, at gmail.com. Find him on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Turnbuckle Topics. Thanks for listening to the Turnbuckle Topics Podcast. Be sure to subscribe. If you like the show, help others find out about it. Leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us next time for another episode of Turnbuckle Topics. See you then.